to the Bethel Free Baptist Church weekly sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 23rd of November 2014, entitled Shining Like the Sun. And the Bible reading is taken from Judges chapter 13, verses 1 to 25. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Judges chapter 13, and we will read those 25 verses of that, uh, of that chapter to give us the setting for our thoughts here this evening. I invite you to stand on the reading of God's Word, beginning in Judges chapter 13 and verse 1. And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines forty years. There was a certain man of Zorah, the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and bare not. The angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold now, thou art barren and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Now therefore beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb. He shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came unto me, and his countenance was like the countenance of an angel of God, very terrible. But I asked him not whence he was, neither told me told he me his name. But he said unto me, Behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and now drink no wine nor strong drink, neither eat any unclean thing. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Then Manoah entreated the Lord and said, O my Lord, let the men of God, which thou didst sin, come again unto us, and teach us what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. And God hearkened to the voice of Manoah. The angel of God came again unto the woman as she sat in the field, but Manoah, her husband, was not with her. The woman made haste and ran and showed her husband and said unto him, <clears throat> Behold, the man hath appeared unto me that came unto me the other day. And Manoah arose and went after his wife and came to the man and said unto him, Art thou the man that spakest unto the woman? And he said, I am. Manoah said, Now let thy words come to pass. How shall we order the child and how shall we do unto him? The angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, Of all that I said unto the woman, let her beware. She may not eat of anything that cometh of the vine, neither let her drink wine nor strong drink nor eat any unclean thing. All that I commanded her, let her observe. Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, I pray thee, let us detain thee until we shall have made ready a kid for thee. The angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, Though thou detain me, I will not eat of thy bread. And if thou wilt offer a burnt offering, thou must offer it unto the Lord. For Manoah knew not 
that he was an angel of the Lord. Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, What is thy name? And when thy sayings come to pass, we may do thee honor. The angel of the Lord said unto him, Why askest thou this after my name, seeing it is secret? So Manoah took a kid with a meat offering and offered it upon a rock unto the Lord. The angel did wondrously. Manoah and his wife looked on. For it came to pass when the flame went up toward heaven from off the altar that the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. Manoah and his wife looked on it and fell on their faces to the ground. But the angel of the Lord did no more appear to Manoah and to his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was an angel of the Lord. And Manoah said unto his wife, We shall surely die, because we have seen God. But his wife said unto him, If the Lord were pleased to kill us, he would not have received a burnt offering and a meat offering at our hands. Neither would he have showed us all these things, nor would as at this time have told us such things as these. And the woman bare a son, called his name Samson. The child grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtel. Father, we do thank you again this evening for this time that we have together. Lord, for each one that is here, for your word that is before us, for your spirit that lives within us. Lord, there's so many things in your word. And Lord, as we look at this passage this evening, we realize that there are many things that we could gain from it. But I pray that you would help us this evening to glean those things that you would desire for us at this time. Of course, in Christ's precious and holy name, we pray. Amen. Amen. If you want a title this evening, the title of the sermon is simply Shining Like the Sun. Shining Like the Sun. Why do we take that name, Shining Like the Sun? The Old Testament Hebrew names meant something. When people were called by certain names, they were called those names for a reason. It wasn't just something that they plucked out of a hat. And that's what the name Samson means, shining like the sun. As we look here in this passage this evening, we, we have precisely chapters 13, 14, 15, and 16 that give us the life of this man called Samson. Why, I ask myself, why would God want him to be called shining like the sun? And I just begin to question and look and, and look at his life. And, and there's just a few things that I want to share with you this evening. I want to look, if you would, my favorite way of looking at Scripture is just expositionally at this man's life through the Scripture verses here. But I want to symbolically use his name, shining like the sun. You know, what was it about this man's life that shone like the sun? <clears throat> well, I want you to notice just... First of all, in the setting, there's a few things that I think are important here. As we begin the account of this man's life, of course, you know, the first time that the sun is going to shine, any day that it's going to shine, <laughs> the first thing the sun has to do is it has to rise. <laughs> you have sunrise. That's the beginning of the day. And that's really what chapter 13 here 
I think would be pertinent to in this man who's called shining like the sun, this would be the sunrise of his life. This would be when he first came into being and began to shine in whatever way. But then I asked myself, well, just what was it that God wanted? And we noticed that, you know, God has a reason for all that he does. And here, I believe that God has a reason, and we've looked at this in different passages at different times, for each and every one of our lives in some way. And that each and every one of us are at this time and this place that God has brought us here for a reason. We're not here a hundred years ago or a thousand years ago. We're not here in the days when Jesus was walking or the apostles or any of the prophets. We're here right now where God wants us. Well, this was a time in the life of the nation of Israel when it begins that the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. God's people had turned from him. And the Bible says here that as a result of that, they were being chastised. It said they were delivered into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. So we find that it was during this time that God chose to bring this one. The Bible then begins to tell us about these godly parents, these parents that come along. And we won't get into a lot of things, but you see, these people had a message from God, the angel of the Lord. Angel is a messenger. Most anybody that studies the scriptures and studies about angels, most everybody that has any depth of study to the scriptures, believe that when we hear this, see this term angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, you know, she was fearful there at one time, or he was fearful. We have seen God. We're going we're gonna to die. Well, I believe they have seen God. This messenger of the Lord is believed by almost all as we see him in the Old Testament was deity in their presence was the Lord Jesus Christ himself that was visiting them there, that was bringing them this message. It was God in the flesh. And so we find that here at this point in time when God's people have begun to do evil, they've turned from God and they're being chastised for that, but God says specifically that he is going to bring this man, this one that he calls Samson, this one that would shine like the sun. But God says that he's going to bring him into being at this time for a specific reason, that is to begin this deliverance of the people. He said there in verse 5, he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. God brought Samson, this one that he talks of shining like the sun. He brought him at this time when the nation had turned evil, the nation had turned against God, the nation was in captivity. But God brought one along that was going to be a unique individual that God was going to use for his purpose. All through history, this is not an unusual thing for God to do. And so, God, we see all of these things that is happening here that is the beginning of this life that God is going to use to do what he wants to accomplish at this time. And that chapter closes with the birth of Samson. And the woman bare a son, called his name Samson, and the child grew, and the Lord blessed him, 
and the Spirit, and you'll notice that is a capital S, the Holy Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtel. You and I in the New Testament realize and recognize that when we get saved, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives. He takes up residence. He lives there. We have him with us all the time. In the Old Testament, that was not the case. God brought the Holy Spirit upon people at specific times, at certain times, to be able to accomplish his work for him. So you see, we find that as this one begins his life, that the one thing that we need to notice is that it is God that has brought him forth from a barren woman that could not bear. It was an act of God to bring this man on the scene at the time that he brought him. And God brought him for a purpose, and that was to deliver his people in the hands of the Philistines. They were being chastised. They were in captivity under the bondage of these of this foreign power at this time. But God is bringing somebody on the scene to accomplish his work. But the first thing that we see about this man, once that he is born, the child grew and the Lord blessed him and the spirit of the Lord began to move him. If God is going to accomplish work, it's always going to be by his power, by his Holy Spirit upon the individual. What was unique about this man, Samson? What was it? that made him shine like the sun? Well, first of all, I believe that in the sunrise, in the beginning of his life, when he began to be, it was a work of God. It was the hand of God. God sent his messenger. God brought it into being. But, folks, yes, it is a very unique thing. It's not everybody that gets visited by an angel, a messenger, whether it's Jesus Christ or some other angel of the Lord. It's not everybody that gets visited and said, you're going to have a child. You're barren. And I'm bringing this child for a specific reason. Now, my hand is going to be upon him. I'm going to use him for certain things. And so there's some things I don't want you to do. There's some things I want you to do. But this is an act of God to bring this person here at this time to accomplish my work. Well, I believe in a sense that God, just as much as he was in control of the sunrise of this one's life that would shine like the sun, that God is just as much in control of every one of your lives here this evening. God is in control of every life that comes into being. And God has a reason and a purpose. And the thing is, we can read because God has recorded it for us what his purpose was in Samson's life. But whatever God's purpose was in Samson's life, God has a purpose for your life. Now, it's not going to be the same as Samson's to deliver God's people from the hand of the Philistines. But we can certainly see some comparisons. We look at the days that we live in, the days when evil abounds, when God's people are turning away from God. I believe that God has a work to do, and it's God's hand upon people just like this one that will bring those lives out of nowhere. That God will use those that we would never even comprehend or imagine or know that they were there, but God will bring them on the scene to accomplish his work. So this one has risen. What happens to him? Well, then, you know, after the sun rises, and it comes up into the sky, 
That's when it begins to, to shine and it moves to that, that point that we, that we call midday, the, the meridian, if you would, the, the high point of it when it's shining at its very brightest, when it's straight overhead and there's, there's nothing to hinder that light from shining. God brings this man onto the scene at his timing for God's purpose. And God's hand is upon him and the Holy Spirit is upon him and using him. And we see some phenomenal things begin to take place here. Now, in chapter 14, we find this one called Samson going off and finding a woman in Timnath, uh, one of the daughters of one of these Philistines. In other words, the Philistines are the people that have conquered the nation of Israel at this time. They're in captivity of them. Well, Samson finds a wife among them. Well, his mom and dad aren't real pleased, and they say, you know, couldn't you find somebody amongst your own people? And he says, no, this is the one that I want. She pleases me. This is the woman for me. So we find that uh, he goes there, and then the Bible, if you look into uh, uh, to verse 5 there, uh, Samson is, uh, is going down there to, uh, uh, to visit the, with this one, and it says then, went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnath and came to the vineyards of Timnath, and behold, a young lion roared against him. A young lion there in the dens, and the Bible says that he began to roar, but notice the very next statement. I was going to get Melina to roar like a lion then. She was doing it at home earlier when we were talking about the lions. I told her I'd get her to help me tonight to roar like a lion. It says, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And he rent him as he would have rent a kid. And he had nothing in his hand. But he told not his father or his mother what he had done. He went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. So here he is. He's going down there to see this woman that he wants to be his wife. And this is the first thing. Notice again, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And here's this line that roars. The Bible says he just took this line with his bare hands and ripped it as if it was a kid. <laughs> It was nothing. If it was a, a little billy goat that couldn't harm anything, with his bare hands, he kills this lion. And then the Bible goes on and he talks about, you know, I mean, again, he has the honey out of the carcass and, and all of these things. But I want you to notice that really the next thing that happens is, is this riddle. And Samson gives this riddle. But, of course, the 30 Philistines that he's told that, if they get this riddle, they've got a week to get this riddle and to give the answer to it, seven days. And if they bring back the right answer, then they're going to get this. If they don't, then they're going to, he gets this. And so they start going to this woman <laughs> that Samson takes pleasure in, and they start trying to get her, well, find out what the answer to this riddle is. Find out what it is. And in the end, she does, and she goes and tells them, and then they come back on that seventh day, and they give him the answer. But he knows they've cheated. He knows that they've done him wrong. Notice what we find then down in verse 19. It says, and the, there it is again, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And he went down to Ashkelon and slew 30 men of them. 
and took their spoil and gave change of garments unto them, which expounded the riddle. And his anger was kindled, and he went up to his father's house. But Samson's wife was given to his companion, whom he had used as his friend. So she betrays him. He goes down, and these guys that, 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 that cheated him, Bible says here with his bare hands, him alone, he kills these 30 Philistines. <laughs> One guy against 30. They don't stand a chance. So Samson destroys them. Remember, you know, these things aren't just happening for no reason. Remember, what was God going to use him for to free his people from the Philistines? Begins with a little line, but now here he is. These are the enemies. These are the ones that are holding his people in captivity. And he's there, and so, yeah, he kills 30 of them with his, with his bare hands. Well, then we find that as we move into chapter 15, that came to pass that uh, this woman's dad just gives her to one of Samson's companions, a friend, somebody else. And then he tells him, why, why don't you take her younger sister because, you know, she's, she's, she's fine and she's fine and you'll, you'll like her even better. This was the woman that Samson loved. The father-in-law's take her, like that happened somewhere else. Father-in-law's taken her, giving her to somebody else and trying to get him to take that. Well, Samson's not a very happy man. So what does he do? He goes down there, and I don't know how many of you have ever tried to catch a fox by the tail. <laughs> But he didn't just get one. <laughs> he gets 300 of them, 300 foxes, and he ties their tails together. And between those tails, he puts a firebrand in each one of them. So here's 300 foxes with all their tails tied together with a firebrand in them. He sets the firebrand on fire. The foxes go running into the fields, and all their fields burn up. The Spirit of the Lord was upon him. This was the enemy that he was dealing with. God was going to use him to begin to set the nation of Israel free from these Philistines. Well, this is one man that God is using, and it was the Spirit of the Lord that came upon him. So, you know, God used this man. First of all, here he is out there, and this, this, is, this is the way he's shining. First of all, he just kills a lion with his bare hands. Secondly, he's able to destroy 30 of the enemy alone by himself with his bare hands. And then thirdly, he's able to take 300 foxes and tie all their tails together and burn all their fields down. One guy, God's man, that he's using to accomplish these works. That's some pretty powerful feats. But we find that, again, that wasn't the end of it. We find that the next thing we find in Scripture here is that verse 3, And Samson said concerning them, Now shall I be more blameless than the Philistines, though I do them a displeasure. He goes down and he goes through and he burns these fields. And then, of course, we find that the Philistines aren't very pleased. So, they decide that they're going to uh, they're going to take him. Verse thirteen says, and they bound him with two new cords and brought him up from the rock. And when he came into Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him. And what happened? The spirit 
of the Lord came mightily upon him. So after he's burned the fields, they've gotten pretty upset. They've come and they've got him. Notice what happens in verse 15. And he found a new jawbone of an ass and put forth his hand and took it and slew a thousand men therewith. Here's the enemy again. This guy takes literally the jawbone of an ass, it says, and he wipes out a thousand men all by himself. This is the apex of his life, if you would. This is this one that God has called to begin setting his people free. This same guy, the Bible tells you in verse 20 of that chapter, and he judged Israel in the days of the Philistines for 20 years. We're reading, wonder why it's called the book of Judges in the Bible. Because this is when God was ruling his people with the judges. Samson was the judge that sat there and ruled over those people for 20 years years he was in that position. We find that I believe that we could look at all these things and we could say, well, God is the one that called him shining, shining like the sun. You see, he was, his life was shining out brighter than anybody else's. He was doing things that were impossible, but in every instance, it was the Spirit of the Lord that was coming upon him to do these works. But then we find that just as the sun will rise in a life and it will reach its apex, its meridian, its strongest point, it'll also begin to go down. What happens in the evening is when it begins to cast its shadows. And unfortunately, in Samson's life, there were some shadows that came in the latter years of his life, we find as we look into first, verse 16 that the first thing we find there is he's down in Gaza with a harlot. He's not living up to the name. He was a Nazarite. He was chosen of God to do God's work. God had done phenomenal things through this man that was beyond human strength by the Spirit of the Lord that was upon him. And then we find down in verse 4 that he finds this other woman, and it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. Oh, she was a real champion. She won his heart, apparently. But notice what it says in the next verse. And the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and said unto her, Entice him, and see wherein his great strength lieth, and by what means we may prevail against him, that we may bind him to afflict him, and we will give thee, every one of us, 1,100 pieces of silver. <laughs> His heart's gone out. He's fell in love with this woman. He's at a point in his life when he's gotten away from God, though. First, he's down there with a harlot. Then he's down there with this one. Here is the enemy that's trying everything. And, of course, he goes through all this. First of all, he tells her that it's, oh, it's seven green whiz. If you tie seven green whiz, my strength will be gone. They try it. Nothing 
Then it's knee ropes. They tie him up in knee ropes. Nothing. What's she doing? Oh, she's just crying her poor eyes out. Samson, if you love me, Samson, if you love me, you'll tell me, Samson, if you love me, you weave the seven locks of my head with the web, I'll lose it. Nothing happens. They come in, Samson overpowers them. But finally, she wears him down. If you love me, if you love me. We find out in verse 17, then he told her all his heart. Said unto her, there hath not come a razor upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. I don't think that it was coincidence that suddenly he told her with all his heart that suddenly somebody besides God had his heart. The enemy was fighting. The enemy was wanting to pull him down. The enemy was wanting to stop what good was being done through this man's life. And so we find that you look down in verse 20. Here he is, shaving the hair off of his head. Then she said, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before, and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. Something I thought when I read that again, he didn't even know that God had departed from him. (laughs) All these great things that God's been doing in his life, and God was upon him. The Spirit of the Lord was upon him, was upon him mightily and accomplishing God's work. And here, he didn't even realize because... He had drifted from the place that he ought to be. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. But the Philistines took him, put out his eyes, brought him down to Gaza, bound him with fetters of brass, and he did grind in the prison house. You find that here he's suddenly defeated. I believe that if we begin to look, we could say that these shadows in his life. Sun's not shining so bright. He's not shining so bright now at this point in his life. I believe that we see in those first verses there when he was down there with his harlot and then with Delilah that we could honestly say that he began to abuse the grace of God in his life. He began to abuse the very grace of God that was upon him. And then we see that he began to abuse the gift that God had given him. You know, it's God's grace that's any of the hopes for any of us being used in any way for God. But that grace can be abused. And it's God's gift. It's God's hand upon us. That's the only thing that's going to accomplish God's work. We'll never do it in ourselves and our own strengths. But God has a purpose for us no matter Even in this instance, it was because that the world around them had become so evil, because the very people of God had turned from God, that God chose to bring this man on the scene, not because of what he could do, but because of what God could do through him. And God was upon him in a special way. 
And when the Spirit of God was upon him, he was doing things that were inhuman. They were beyond anything that could be accredited to himself. It was a gift of God. God raised this man up that could defeat the enemy, that could stand against that enemy, that the enemy had no chance against. And yet, when he began to abuse those graces and the gift that God had given him, God departed from him. We find that with every life, there's always a sunset. We find in verse 23, the Bible teaches us of the sunset of this one's life. Then the lords of the Philistines gathered them together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon their God. Here he is. The man of God that God has used, God talks about his life shining like the sun because he was so bright, he was so different. God had brought him there to shine like the sun, that people could see God's work through him. We find that suddenly here, here he is where in a religious service where his enemies are offering sacrifices to a false god. Gathered them together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon, their god, and to rejoice, for they said, Our god hath delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hand. When the people saw him, they praised their god. For they said, Our God hath delivered into our hands our enemy and the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. And it came to pass when their hearts were merry that they said, Call for Samson that we may make, that he may make us sport. They called for Samson out of the prison house. And he made them sport and they set him between the pillars. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me that I may feel the pillars whereupon the house standeth that I may lean upon them. And the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there. And they were upon the roof about 3,000 men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. Samson called unto the Lord. said, O Lord God, remember me. I pray thee and strengthen me. I pray thee only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged to the Philistines for my two eyes. Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood and on which it was borne up, of the one with his right hand and of the other with his left. Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. He bowed himself with all his might, and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Then his brethren and all the house of his father came down and took him and brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Eshtiol in the burying place of Manoah, his father. We find that statement again, and he judged Israel 20 years. You see, this life began to shine because God brought it into being at the time that he wanted it for the purpose that he wanted it there. And when God's hand was upon that life, he shone bright. God accomplished things through him that no man could do and that no man could get credit for. 
Sadly, that light began to go out because in the shadows, he began to abuse God's grace. He began to abuse God's gifts. He began to do his thing rather than God's thing. And we find the sunset of his life, though. You know, probably one of the things that catches our imagination more than many things is a beautiful sunset. <laughs> a beautiful sunset. You know, and I looked and I made the statement before. You know, here's this man that was a judge for 20 years for God that did phenomenal things that no other human being has been accredited to doing. <laughs> but here's this man that he left no lasting legacy or anything. But, you know, I, I, I saw something different when I was reading this, and, and that was, okay, here was a man that God had a purpose for his life, and God brought him in, and God did something with his life. And you know that even when he got into the shadows, he saw where he was at, and he called back upon God. He called upon God. And the last feat that he accomplished in the sunset of his life, the Bible says, was greater than all that had happened while he was alive. The Bible says that there were more of the enemy that were destroyed that day, so the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. God used the sunset of his life to show himself through there in front of the enemy. They were there bragging about their God being greater than him and all this because he had slipped, he messed up. But God showed himself. And I think one of the amazing things is you know that, yes, he fell to temptation. We're warned about that. James chapter 1, verse 15, it says, Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Samson messed up. Samson did some things that he shouldn't have done. Temptation can be very, very deceptive. Samson judged for 20 years over others, and yet he himself fell. David set upon the throne as king, and yet he himself fell so many times. We see those around us that are falling. We need to realize there are always eyes upon us. None of us have to fall. It's when in every case, whether it was Samson, whether it was David, it's when they got away from God that they fell. But God is still God. And you know, one of the amazing things that I find is that even though that this man may not have left a great legacy in what he did uh, for the nation of Israel, you know what one of the greatest legacies that he possibly could have left, Brother Steve, is recorded in Hebrews chapter 11. He did leave a legacy that even a man, a man that's simply there because God had him to be there, a man that God himself, his name, Samson, means to shine like the sun. He came on the scene in a time when days were evil and there wasn't a whole lot of sunshine around, but he shone for God. He shone brightly. God used him to overcome the enemy. 
and even in the shadows of his life, when he himself had abused those things, we see something else in his sunset as well. And that's that even then, he knew that God was still God. We find in Hebrews chapter 11, notice what it says in verse 32, and what shall I, and what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and David also, <laughs> Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to fight the armies of the aliens. We find that one thing that Samson is credited for that he accomplished what he accomplished because he was a man of great faith. <laughs> he believed God. And you know, there, even in the sunset, when he had messed up, when he turned back to God and he prayed to God, even in the sunset of his life, God did great things. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying, first of all, recognize, as I've said many times, God has a purpose for your life. And it's right now. He had Samson there to do what he was doing for the nation of Israel at that time. What is God's purpose for your life? It was when the Spirit of the Lord was on. You see, when God's hand was upon him, God was doing mighty things through him. God would do the same today. God is still God. God will still overcome the enemy, and he chooses to use men and women boys and girls, those that are his children <laughs> may not make sense in the world's eyes. But as our lights shine, how bright is our sun shining in this world? Is God's purpose being shown as it did in Samson's life? You know, when I tried to get, what's God talking about shining like the sun? And I'm saying, well, the only thing that I can see the only reason that fits is because when God's hand was upon him, he was shining like the sun. Yes, there was a preparation in getting there. There was a sunset in the end. But boy, when God's hand was upon him, he shone like the sun. You couldn't miss it. The sun at its apex, the sun right there at that hottest point when it's shining forth and nobody can miss it. And I'm saying that that's what God wants to do in our lives. And it'll be accomplished through faith. <laughs> he said that's how that Samson did what he did was through faith by believing God. I want to encourage you this evening. You know, maybe God didn't call you to be a Nazarite. <laughs> maybe God didn't call you to be a judge, <laughs> a leader of his people in that way. But God has called you forth for a purpose. And it's God's hand upon your life that will make it shine like the sun. Don't let your life be lived in the shadows. Don't let your life be lived where 
Samson's life ended, let it shine like the sun. When God's hand is upon your life, when the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, when God is doing his work through you, yes, the enemy's always there. The temptations are always coming, and that's what James was talking about. The tempter's always there. But you see, it's when he got his eyes off of God's will and doing his own pleasure that he began to get weaker. And yet for a time, he was able to put off the temptations, wasn't he? But in the end, it wore him down. The enemy will try to wear you down. But this evening, let your life shine like the sun. Let it be. If it, let God do what he wants to do through you. It doesn't matter if they see us. It matters that they see Jesus through us. They know that, man, that's God doing that. We don't want people to see what good we can do and how great we can do. We want them to see what God can do. We want them to know our God. We want them to know that it's he alone that can accomplish the things. Well, they knew there was some secret to Samson's power. <laughs> That's what they're wanting to find out. What in the world? When God is working in your life, the world will know there's something different there. There's something different that's beyond him. Father, we thank you this evening that, Lord, as we were reminded of this one called Samson, and, Lord, as I was simply reading through his life again, trying to see, Lord, well, why is it fit in there? Why is this man called shining like the sun? Lord, as we begin to see that it was you that were there that brought his life into being, that that sun rose in the first place, but it was when the Spirit of God was upon him. Lord, that his life truly shone like the sun. Lord, that he was accomplishing that which man could not accomplish, which only you could. Father, you had him there for that purpose, to use him. And Lord, we would pray, Lord, that you would take and help us today, that you could use our lives for the purpose that you would today. Lord, we pray that you would help us to have the faith that this man had. Lord, he may not have left behind a great historical legacy, but over oh, that legacy of his name being recorded there in that great hall of faith, he did what he did because of faith. Help us to have that same faith today. We give you the praise, the thanks. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.